0: As photographers, we generally don't have very complex business models. Once we learn some basic systems and strategies, it seems like everything should just fall into place. The big stumbling blocks for a lot of us, things like pricing, marketing, selling, and workflow, those things are all pretty technically straightforward. So why is it that we still get stuck? I would argue that once we're past the first big learning curve of getting our businesses set up, most of the big problems that we run up against can either be traced back to mindset issues and or solved with mindset shifts. And I know mindset is a big buzzword these days, and sometimes it feels pretty vague, like, okay, so I need to change my mindset. What does that even mean? Just smile and pretend like you've got it, and then somehow you magically will? No. You guys know that I am not the most woo-woo person, right? I have my moments, <laughs> but generally, I like my information served up in a step-by-step, action-oriented kind of a way. And if you're like me, then you're going to love today's interview with Carol Quine Wellings. Caro is a French photographer with a background in education, and today she's sharing some invaluable and very practical insight on the differences between fixed and growth mindsets and how you can train yourself to recognize the and approach the speed bumps in your own business in a much more effective way. And Caro has created an incredible resource just for you guys that you can download for free in the show notes at this can't be that hard slash podcast 027. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it. And I
1: can show you how.
0: Carol, it is so wonderful to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Anmi. I'm really, uh, really excited to chat to you today. Yeah. And you are joining me all the
0: way from the French Riviera, which sounds like a pretty amazing place to be right now.
1: Yes, you should see my view now that I've moved. <laughs> I'm looking at the sea. Oh. And, uh, blue skies, uh, very inspiring place. Yes.
0: Oh, good. I'm looking at gray skies in my cul-de-sac. So a little bit... Uh-huh. Less. <laughs> Sorry about that. (laughs) Inspired, but I, I will live vicariously through your eyes today. So as I said before, the little intro music, I've got you here today to talk about all things mindset, which I'm really excited to get into. But before we dive into that, I in talking with you in the past, I know you've got such an interesting backstory and I would love for you to share some of that with our
1: listeners. Okay so I'm originally French and I I left France yeah pretty pretty young pretty early I finished my degree in English actually English literature language and I went to do a postgraduate certificate in education in the UK and after a year of studying there and I got my diploma in my pocket I had had moved from the sunny south of France up to the north of England. So I went from a lot of sunshine to pretty much zero and degrees. And so my first job was actually in an international school in in Kenya, where I stayed for a year. And then I went back to the UK. I was teaching in a school, a comprehensive school in West London. And there I met somebody who really changed my vision of education, not only from a teaching perspective, but also from my own learning experience as, as, a, as a child in France. And this man was called Paul Guinness, and uh, he was training uh, our staff to teach the kids to learn how to learn. And I stayed in London for five years. Then my career took me to Dubai in the Emirates, and I met my husband, who's British. We stayed there for five years. And then when we moved to Malaysia, because my husband is also in education and uh, he had found a job there, Uh, this is when I, I made a shift and I started a photography business, which at the time sounded like I don't know what I was doing. I just wanted to do something different and I didn't know what I was doing, but I had a business there and I stayed in Malaysia for six years and I've been, we've been living in France again now for two years. It's going to be two years uh, next month, actually. or at the end of this month, because it's July. Yes.
0: Yeah, I mean that sounds like such an amazing sort of evolution. Obviously geographically it's really varied, but then to go I think a lot of us come to photography from other businesses and other um lines of work. I came from a healthcare background, so I certainly yes. know what that's like. But what kind of prompted the switch? I mean, I imagine that part of that just came from a talent for photography but but actually going into you know switching from teaching to going into photography was there anything in particular going on in your life that prompted that or
1: there was a combination of factors Uh, one was personal my my first daughter Leila was born and we had sort of Gifted ourselves with 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 camera, and then the flash kept popping, and that was really annoying. I didn't know what I was doing with that. And every photo, she looks surprised and with red eyes. Yeah. So that was one reason I, during my maternity leave, I I went to do like a little course on photography, and I really enjoyed it. And I think it wasn't so much the photography, but I just enjoyed learning something new again. This is what I loved about my job before, uh, being an educator. It was every day was learning, you're working with people, uh, you've got facing new situations, it could be to do with the program or with behavior, or learning with colleagues. And by the time I'd finished, I had gone to a point in in Dubai where I was doing a lot of coaching, I was trained in that, I was writing learning policies for the international school I was working at, I was setting up programs for staff to develop their, their teaching and their open up a little bit their their strategies for kids learning. And I think I got to a point where, not that I thought I'd done everything, but I felt like there was a bit of a glass ceiling um, over my head in regards to exams. And I felt frustrated that we were teaching kids in a certain way. uh, But in the end, it felt like it didn't matter enough because what was important at the end was an exam result, which was achieved on a certain day and yeah I felt I felt a bit frustrated I have to say with that and I never thought I would go back into education but I've learned that never say never
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's all around us a little bit
1: right absolutely and I I connecting the dots and the pieces of the puzzle with this this learning thing like this this what drives me really and, and I had started to take photos for myself, having learned a little bit more after that course. It was at a time where a lot of my friends were having children and babies. And then it kind of like, I think it's quite a common story where you take photos of your friends' babies and then they share that. And then suddenly somebody you don't know says, oh, how much do you charge? And I'm like, mm, what do you mean? I can, I can do this for money? Right. So when we shifted to Malaysia, there wasn't a post for me to take as a, either I was teaching French as a second language or as a head of year or assistant head teacher, which were my my, my 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 jobs when I left Dubai. And I thought, is this a gap for me to just dive in and take a risk and just give myself, I don't know, a year or two and see where that takes me. So I thought... it. I'm going to do it and see where, what happens. And so it was a combination of all of that. Yeah.
0: So what you were saying about that, your frustration with the school system and the sort of assessment based, you know, like you can do all the learning you want, but if you can't pass this test, it means more or less nothing. That That also feels like a really big piece of your overall story, right? And it takes us right into this, the fixed versus growth mindset piece. So why don't we talk a little bit about that? Tell me a little bit bit about those two things and what they mean and how you kind of became aware of that and how it pertained to education. Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit com slash club to sign up.
1: So I guess I was, it started a little bit when I was in the UK and then it carried on through my career in Dubai. So fixed mindset and growth mindset are two terms that have been uh, used and written about uh, by Carol Dweck, who's a professor in psychology at Stanford University. And my one of my, my premises for my role at that time was to try and build in programs and lessons A sort of balance between what needs to be learned, but also what we would call soft skills, like becoming creative, learning how to be creative, learning uh, how to work with people, managing failure in speech marks, managing disappointments. And the growth mindset and the fixed mindset with Carol Dweck, uh, a very simple way to define both are that if you are a person who tends to behave with a fixed mindset, means that you will have the belief that you were born with a certain amount of smartness or intelligence. And those qualities are fixed. You were born with those and either you got it or you don't. There's nothing you can do about it. And that implies that you always want to prove yourself. You don't want to look like you're not smart, that you don't know how to do something because that doesn't look good. And you're sort of a person who is either or. So either you succeed or you fail. Either you're smart or you're not. Either you are accepted by, let's say an audience, or rejected. Uh, you win or you lose, there's just no gray areas and these would imply a paralysis of action, a lack of risk-taking and anything would become a direct measure of our self-worth. In opposition to that, a growth mindset starts with a belief that qualities or personality or the amount of intelligence that you think you may have are just starting points for further development. So you will be somebody who will tend to try to find opportunities to cultivate those qualities and find ways to to develop that through efforts. People who tend to have a growth mindset would seek uh, feedback and advice and, and ask, what can I do better? And challenge, challenges are not scary for them. They're, they're going to be like, ooh, yes, you know, like, um, looking at it with like it was a, Massive chocolate cake or something. They're really willing to take action, and that implies that they also have a more balanced view of what I was saying about fixed mindset. Is that uh, everything kind of like will determine the measure of our self worth? Somebody who has a growth mindset will have a more balanced view of what qualities they have, what strengths they have, what weaknesses they have, and they will become just action plans. All right, what well, can I do that better? Can I delegate this? And can I focus on that? And how can I improve that? So yeah, that summarizes pretty well the two mindsets uh, from Carol Dweck's research. So
0: when you describe those two things, it sounds pretty clear to me that a fixed mindset is going to hold someone back from you know, moving forward and achieving things and that sort of thing. I understand it from like a well, I don't want to, you know, I I'm afraid of showing that I might fail or even seeing myself in a failing position. But but it does, you know, when you explain it that way, it's like, well, I want to be in a growth mindset. So do you generally find that people are kind of one or the other? Like people are in a fixed mindset or people are in a growth mindset or is that kind of a we all have it in different places.
1: Oh, we definitely all have it in different places at different times. I I think that we, we might be triggered sometimes because of certain situations. So we will definitely be able to recognize patterns and there are things or behaviors or thoughts, because it starts in the head mostly, that are gonna keep coming back and, and they're going to be thoughts that are going to position ourselves either in a growth or or fixed mindset, but at the same time we might evolve or change or experience things and then that will then have an impact on how we then think about certain situations so there's definitely going to be factors, situations, people perhaps around us that are going to make us go towards one side or the other and anything in between because recently when Carol Drake's research came out there was a, a few misconceptions about the growth mindset and recently people who have been really working hard at educating mostly in the in the field of education but now also in business they've been really trying to make the differences between what's Misconcept, or the misconceptions about the growth mindset and really trying to uh, sort of emphasize what having a growth mindset means it's like in, in the word itself there's growth so everybody's going to feel or be in a position to feel a, a, a thoughts of fixed mindset or growth mindset but at every point you're also in a position to grow and as you keep growing, you're going to grow more and more towards thoughts and behaviors that are going to be more and more on the continuum towards the growth rather than the fixed. And, and so we're not either or, we're going to be moving along the continuum from one place to another, which I think is very reassuring <laughs> because we're always, we can always improve the, our thoughts and then our behaviors and actions that are going to have impacts.
0: Right, right. I get, yeah, there's certainly no such thing as perfection when it comes to to mindset. But yeah, well, okay. So these are, like, my brain is firing off all these questions, but I guess I want to talk about this specifically as it pertains to photographers and how, you know, how fixed versus growth mindset situations can be, you know relevant in the experience of a photographer and I know that you do a fair amount of coaching around this so I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you kind of what you have seen and what you see regularly as issues that come up for photographers
1: okay so they're, they're to kind of like give maybe practical Practical, yeah. Uh, concrete. I don't know. Sure, yeah. um, <laughs> things, things. Ah, oh, that a, if we if we find ourselves in the, in a fixed mindset, we might find ourselves saying things or thinking things that will start with I am not, I can't, I don't, and I am. So, for example, I'm not a business person, or I'm not a creative person. And if we imagine encountering over a certain amount of time, experiences where we we, ha- we have to we have to learn how to, to manage our business, and we, we have to rein- not in reinvent but you know be creative and continue on that, and we'll have ups and downs. But to repeat those phrases, "I'm not a business person and I'm not creative, and we write it down, we say it to others, we say it to ourselves, they kind of become a self-fulfilling prophecy in the end. Sure. I can't. So, even if we are trying to think positively, or, well, I'm trying hard here, but I can't do it. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't put my prices together. I just can't understand why people don't hire me. And these, again, are kind of like telling us, well, these may be the wrong actions. And being in the fixed mindset is gonna stop us from thinking, right, that doesn't work. It doesn't mean that I can't do it. It might just mean that I need to try something else. Because learning is not linear. So you don't start at one and you'll finish at ten. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like you're gonna go up, then you're gonna plateau, then you might go up again, then you're gonna go down, then you're gonna go up again. And of course you have to deal with all the emotions that you know this roller coaster brings with it and then there's i don't so for example i don't i don't do newborn photography and then it will be because i can't something else and then i am so this will be like you take yourself as a person as a whole instead of separating uh, skills that you probably have a lot of But instead of separating those skills that either need work or need praise or need more effort, suddenly it's become this circle. I am talented or I am not talented or saying, oh, but this person is so talented. And then this person is reduced to a talented person as opposed to, oh, I can see that they have they've made a lot of progress in, I don't know, using light or they've booked more clients because they have changed the way that they have done this or that. So when I do coaching, I always try to ask questions pre-coaching. So even before they have thought, yeah, I'm going to sign on a dotted line with Carol. She's going to be amazing. Sure. Um, I ask her, I ask the questions because I want to know where they're starting from on that continuum, how they see themselves. And I pay attention to the, the language they use, the I can't, the I don't, and the I am. Because then for me, it's going to be possible to, to, to start off the first step, which is to be aware, just that, to be conscious of and to recognize, oh man, I'm saying this, I'm saying this a lot. And then from then on, we can move on with the coaching and then we can really build A, a relationship and then B, over time, some some points of actions that are going to help to not only make shift the mindset, but also build the confidence also to say, oh, actually I can take action even if it's hard. I can do this even if I don't know how to do it yet. Or... I can put in place a strategy, even if that's really scary, because I don't know if it's going to work. Right. So it's that kind of uh, process that, that, that being aware starts.
0: Well, and, you know, I think that there are, I mean, there's so much to this, right? This is how any of us who have children, I feel like we spend a lot of time, because kids at some age will start to say things like, I can't do that. I can't, I just can't. And so I feel like most of us as parents turn around and say, you know, you haven't really given this a fair shot. You haven't really tried or, you know, come on, let's, let's do this again. Let me show you another way. So we give our children that grace, but we tend to very quickly, you're, you're exactly right. Say like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not good at that. I am, I'm a such and such photographer, not a such and such. But, you know, I think it's something really, there's something really interesting People talk a lot about vulnerability and they talk about what is what the act of being vulnerable is and I think a lot of people have this misconception that the vulnerability is just like telling some sort of shameful thing about yourself or you know I don't know that I guess but but I think that the act of saying I'm not good at this but I'm going to try especially in any kind of a public way is really, to me, a true act of vulnerability.
1: Yeah, for sure. And we have to remember also, like, when, if, if to to talk about children, because that's absolutely right, at some point something is gonna happen where audience matters, what people are gonna think matters. But, I mean, and, and that was a point of Carol Dweck, it was like kids uh, take their first year, they're going to learn so many skills. If at any point babies were kind of wondering, ooh, if I stand up here and start walking, I wonder what the people around me agreed to say. So I'm just going to stay put. I'm just going to stay my nappy on the floor. I'm fine here. They don't. They just get up and go and they fall so many times. And you're right. We encourage them. We praise them. We're like, but then this was a big, Deal uh, for Carol Dweck and her research was that she noticed that, and that was my that that was linked with the education frustration I had was that the grades, the exam results, it was the result mattered so much more than anything else. Right. And what if you made the result matter as much as all that happened before? You know. Uh, before you've reached a result. So praising the efforts for Carol Dweck was something that was really um, a turning point. She did this experiment, and I think it was with four-year-olds, where they gave puzzles and they they did two groups. So they praised one group of kids on their intelligence. And they were like, you finished that so quickly, you must be so smart. And then kids were like, yeah, I am. But these kids were not willing to take any puzzles that were harder because then what if they failed and didn't appear that smart they wouldn't get a praise right and then the other group of kids they were just like wow you must have spent a lot of time on that do you have did you you probably had to think really hard at this so all the efforts you've put in wow look at that you managed to do it and those kids being fed and also recognized the thinking involved and the efforts and the time involved meant that they were like, Oh man, it doesn't really matter if I fail at this because I'm still going to get, if you're going to feed on the praise, I'm still going to learn something from that and take the risk to do something that is a bit um, harder. Right. Yeah. And so what, what, what fascinates me is that, and it goes back to like the background of photographers to go back into the topic was that most of us have started photography as a second career. And that alone is a massive risk taker. That alone is you're banging the growth mindset. And how many times have I had this conversation with people who were, as soon as they charged, as soon as they started to charge money, Suddenly, they lo- they felt that they lost their creativity because the result mattered more than the joy, or the pleasure to take the photos, and the the love of creating something with with families or with couples. the The result mattered because there was money, because there was praises coming from the families but also the photography community you know you you put your photos out there you're getting likes and all of that and suddenly wow that's so good you're so talented and then we feed on that and we forget that there's just so much time and so much effort and so much skills involved so yeah Yeah. and giving ourselves that grace
0: and that Mm. because I think unfortunately as soon as you as soon as you stop growing and looking at the actual art piece of your business or of your, you know, photography business as an opportunity for growth and as a a creative exercise, it very quickly, that muscle starts to atrophy, right? Like if you're trying to do the same thing over and over again, we've all been there. You get stuck in a rut, right? Yeah. The work suffers for it.
1: Yes. Yes, it does. And then that's when, Unfortunately, a lot of us have done that at some point, or continue to do it. You start to compare yourself, you start to not value your work as much as someone else, without really taking account the backstory for it. So, working the way the way that I would work with with people in in my coaching or mentoring would be that when you start to become aware of the way that you talk to yourself or the things that you think it's shifting it's shifting that it's it's like when we're going to praise the kids and and offer different ways to solve a problem to do that with ourselves so like actually I have a choice here I have a choice because I recognize that this is what I do I recognize that this is the impact that it has on my well-being, on my work, on my energy. And I have a I have a choice now. I can I can shift my language. And then changing words is very powerful, very powerful. And then you take you start to think, actually I can act on this. I am not passive in this. And this is where you start to connect the shift because you're like no, this can change. I don't know how to do that yet. But I am going to either find the steps that are going to lead me to doing things differently or I'm going to seek out a course or a a mentor who is going to, from the outside, be able to tell me, have you tried this? And if you tried that, what would happen? And perhaps the next step would be this. Because the growth mindset and one of the most misconceptions was that well, is it just thinking positively then? No, it's not. Is it just trying hard then or try harder? No, it's not. It's um it's shifting your words, well it's recognizing, shifting your words, kind of take responsibility for it, and then having a plan. Because a plan means that there's step one, even if it feels really hard or very scary, and then there's step two. And there's also built in that which I think is really important is that the result will still matter but not at the end of the journey because we don't know where that is but maybe like within a month and say okay look back where did you start from and look at all the steps you took and how do you feel now and can you see any changes not only in yourself but in your work or in your business or and it's taking regular sort of checkpoints i think we can call them sure to never forget that there's a there's, there's something that's happened and that we were active in that and and then we're in that growing state and then once we experience that we could perhaps take another area where we tend to have a fixed mindset and then think okay i'm gonna try and apply this here so it can be a very empowering process to go through.
0: Yeah. You know, I see it a lot with my students, especially because with the simple sales blueprint that, you know, when people come to me for that, one of the very first things that they dive into is also one of the most painful for a lot of people, which is reassessing their pricing. And I think a lot of people have fixed mindsets, not only around like maybe their own relationship with money, but also, you know, they have a fixed mindset about what how much money people, other people will pay for photography and things like that. And so, you know, I see a lot of people struggling at that moment with that. And there is a big difference between the people who are willing to say, you know what, I am willing to take your word more or less for the fact that, you know, this process can work. I'm going to go through it and, see where you know where it leads me versus the people who really dig in and are like this can't work for me for any variety of reasons but it's interesting I had never really thought about it in terms of like fixed versus growth mindset but I think that there's a really clear distinction there
1: yeah definitely and and like I said like all of us will have because of triggers or whatever circumstances we will have moments where I think if I take myself for example, I think I'm I'm pretty much always trying to go through the growth mindset because I've I've read so much about it. I have uh, incorporated it in lesson plans and learning policies and taught it. And then, obviously, as a as a mother, when I started, that was my biggest fixed mindset. I was like, "Oh my god, (laughs) going back to step one here," and I have to stop and think sometimes and and i'm thinking they're learning and at some point they will care very much about the outside and i need to nurture that and and then when i find myself in a situation to fix myself because of my business and it happens regularly i have to write it down i have to write it down and like what's really blocking me here if i failed at this does that make me a failure The answer is no so what is it that actually didn't work and it was like a detail, and that's, that's the core, really, that it doesn't define who we are as a person, mother as a, as a business owner or as a parent, or as a friend even, or as anything. It's like, well, there are areas of my life where sometimes there are some circumstances, I'm going to put me in a fixed mindset, but I can act on it because nothing is actually fixed. And once we have shifted that belief. Then, for example, in photography, you can hone, your, uh, hone in, in your craft, work on the specific skills. You can learn how to monitor your progress, what that looks like, how you can measure success in a different way. You can then readjust because, look, we just pandemic, central. And that would have thrown a lot of us um, in the deep end. And what are you going to do about it? um how are you going to look at opportunities or ways so that's going to be that's going to be an important sort of aspect of shifting or moving forward to be able to not englobe everything under one umbrella but to be able to yeah make the difference between what you can control for example and how you're going to do that belief starts then behavior then growth and then processes in place in order for things to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that like, those are not small steps, nor do they seem like they take a very short period of time, given that it's just kind of like an ongoing journey, but that is. For sure. Yeah. but <laughs> so, it's so cool. I feel like there's just so much in this to, to think about. And sometimes I just find that having the vocabulary to you know, as you said, like awareness is the first step, like noticing that in yourself and noticing, oh, I, I say this, or I feel this way about this particular thing. Now, knowing this, I feel like I have a way to focus on that more clearly and say, oh, okay, that's what this is. Let's see what we can do about that. That's really good. Carol, you have put together, speaking of that, um, a freebie. For my listeners that you sent over a little bit earlier, and it looks amazing. I can't wait to to dive into that a little bit more myself. But but why don't you talk about that a little bit?
1: Right. Yes. Thank thank you for allowing me to give the opportunity for people to who want to who want to who are interested. It will make them touch a little bit on um, that awareness bit, so giving them a little head start if they want to. So like I said, the, the very first step is just to, to be aware. There's no scary steps to take. There's no audience to have. It can be something that can be done just for yourself. And, and also, I don't, I don't think it's something that needs to happen like straight away, like that awareness. I think that it can be over time and noticing just noticing as if like we're photographers and we walk around and we notice light and we're thinking, Oh, that's beautiful. And we'll make a mental note of it. It would kind of be, I think that that would be a nice way to do it, but to help out with that a little bit, I shared a resource. So for those who are interested in mindset, they can read Carol Dweck's book, which is full of very practical examples as well. And it's quite fun because she has anecdotes and, some celebrities in there and stuff and it's quite cool it's quite cool because you're thinking oh they're just so talented and they've made it and successful but you can be super successful and have a very fixed mindset John McEnroe is my favorite um, example in there um, and another resource that's quite good to have is based in Australia James Anderson who's a certified growth mindset trainer and so I've shared a he has free resources on on his website and I selected one because I think this is like the, the best one to start with if we kind of like is this the first time we've, we've talked about or we've heard about fixed and growth mindset and it it, it simply just describes what a, a fixed mindset might look like and what a growth mindset might look like, under the, the, the main headings. So how do we act or think when we face with challenges? How do we perceive or see the success of others? How do we uh, behave when we encounter difficulty, when we receive feedback and criticism? How do you feel about applying effort? And the last two are something to do with, sorry, sorry, support and help and making mistakes. And so it's just a, a little document to read so we can understand a little bit better what that might look like. And then I, I've i sort of quoted things that I've heard from photographers or creatives and to give a sort of a, to put it in context of the photographer and then I I set a few activities to help two ways one it's going to help to understand better and to learn a bit more about the mindset but it also is going to start that awareness the exercise is meant to sort of have a connection between a scenario but also a personal experience and then and then I courage for people to sort of try to do the same exercise on themselves and see where that takes them. Yes.
0: Yeah. I love how practical it is. And yeah, just in looking through it the first time, it was like, oh boy, this is going to be good. It's almost like a mindfulness exercise, but just sort of directed more, more specifically instead of kind of general mindfulness. So I'm, yeah, I'm really excited for that. And I will link that in the show notes for this episode. So that will be there. And I'll go ahead and get the link from you for Carol Dweck's book so that I can put that link in there as well, in case anybody wants to check that out. But in the meantime, why don't you give my listeners the easiest ways to find you online if they get that resource, if they, if they download the resource that you've put together, they'll have your contact info. But but if they want to find you on Instagram or on your website, why don't you give us those as well?
1: So I can be found on Instagram. Yes, I am Wellings. To write it down, I've got this double <laughs> bar name. Is like I'm French and English now. Uh-huh. I am yes, I am on Instagram, and uh, my website is the same. So www. It's all attached togethercom There's some info about different ways that I offer sort of coaching the first step, which, which people sometimes like if they haven't really come across me before, I offer power hours, which is a good way to sort of start uh, some, some work when we're not sure where we want to go or what really is the problem. And we just have like, yeah, we just want an hour, for somebody to listen to us, for somebody to cheer for us, and and to, and and to leave the conversation with some pointers or some action points. And all of the info is on my website for that.
0: Excellent, and of course, I will be linking those in the show notes as well, especially for those people whose spelling of the French language may be less than complete. I, <laughs> myself, as you know, had to just double check that it was Queen A and not Queenette when I first was chatting with you. Uh, don't worry
1: French people get it wrong as well so (laughs) it's not like you said it really well
0: (laughs) yeah so
1: oh well Carol this has been such a lovely
0: conversation I really appreciate you taking the time I love that you took the time and made the effort to put together this for you just for my listeners and I will look forward to chatting with you again soon
1: thank you Annamie that was absolute pleasure thank you for having me
0: well that's it for this week's episode of this can't be that hard I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscantbethathard.com learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.